2: Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff on Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio.
1: Okay, Annie, for today's episode, I have a pretty big, generic question, but you know, we'll see how well you do. So, on average, how often do you think you've actually said no? or decline a request in your adult life, on average? On average, I think
2: it's shifted recently because of the pandemic. But before that, 10%, not often, yeah, not often at all. And even now, like during the pandemic, I'm still pretty bad. But I have gotten better because I have a pretty good reason. Right. <laughs> um. I had a friend, uh, a good friend of ours once told me like, you don't have to even respond because a non-response equals no. And I was like, but that's so rude. So I can't even do that. I have to say yes or no.
1: <laughs> oh, that's my go-to. It's just to not respond. Not now I know. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I pretend like me. I'm not there. I'm like I don't. I don't know. Who, I don't know what's happening. Oh no! And then like the next day, you're like, Oh, I'm sorry. I missed it. So sorry. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, if I if, if I know you well enough and I can say no to you, like if you can handle a no, then I say yeah. no. But if you mm-hmm. people, I've had people who like pressure me and talk you into it and and won't take that. Yeah. So I just don't respond sometimes.
2: Yeah, if I say no and then you're you try to convince me now during the pandemic. I will say, then I just won't respond anymore. Right. But before then, I could be convinced. I could be pretty easily convinced.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? You're not the only one. And we're going to talk a little bit about all of that, um, including the fact that we do need to respect other people's no's, which is sometimes hard for me. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people. Like I really feel like I can't read sometimes whether you're saying no just because you feel like you can't do it. Versus you actually don't want to do it. Like that, those are the two differences. But you know, with Mm -hmm. all the everyday stress, there's been a lot uh, thrown at us recently, and and it seems like so much, so much in the past few years. And for some of us, we have really grown into setting some boundaries. Again, like I just may not respond to you, (laughs) and you have done really well because you've decided that you actually like your alone time. Maybe a little too much Mm -hmm. sometimes. Uh, (laughs) But for others, it's actually gotten worse, Uh, especially when it comes to people trying to change the state of the world. There's been so much that's happening, and there's been so much, honestly, just scary moments where we're like, everything's about to be the worst. So, To that end, we feel like we have to do even more and definitely can't slow down. Uh, But there's no denying setting of boundaries is an actual talent. Um, And there's some who are really good at it. And then some who are not.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And who
1: are still (laughs) learning, right? And of course, Mm -hmm. uh, we had to take a minute and research if there was a difference based on gender. And again, so just to note, a lot of the studies, though some more recent, are typically done from a cis hetero perspective. So, it's not as intersectional when it comes to like the queer community uh, or any of that. So, again, we would like we would like that to be not so much the case, but Unfortunately, we can't always get that. But again, this is information that is good to know on a personal level. And we are going to hit that intersectional marks. We are going to talk about when it comes to the BIPOC community as well. But just for the perspective, it is on a very personal level. So very individualistic, I guess. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I know we're going to discuss this later, but I feel like this is one of those topics that often gets wrapped up in sort of the like catchy, very heteronormative magazine titles that are like, here's how you set boundaries with your man, <laughs> ladies. Yes. And there's so
1: many of those. Like, we had to weed through all of the Cosmo articles, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. If they are evidence-based, you do you. But, you know, mm-hmm. to the point that, like, this is not what we're looking at necessarily to better set yeah. boundaries to catch a man. Right, <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> yeah. Or keep a I have a man. lot to say about that, but ooh, <laughs> well, we better get into this first. All right. And let's get started with the definition. According to Merriam-Webster, boundaries are defined as something that indicates or fixes a limit or extent. But a better definition of what we're talking about is boundaries as, quote, an expression of inner authority. And that's according to BethanyWebster.com. And it continues saying, boundaries are a function of how much you are in tune with yourself, how much you value yourself, and where and with whom you choose to invest your energy. Boundaries are often a battle people choose to not take on. Um, Easier to please people rather than dealing with the conflict of saying no. Or it could be what author Dr. Kristen Lee of Psychology Today writes, quote, it signifies a deeper value set. If you're the type that always wants to be there for people you care about, it's because you value relationships. If you're the one at work who says yes to every project, it reflects how much you value learning. But when we only say yes, we might be missing chances to invest our time and energy in ways that help us take our values and goals to new levels. And it can affect women and those in marginalized communities
1: differently. Right. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. But first, here's some reasons why people may not stick to boundaries. And it includes perfectionism, kind of what we were talking about, not wanting to let anyone down or wanting to be seen as the person who can do everything and anything. And yes, I don't want people to see me being weak. So therefore, I'm like, yeah, of course I know how to do that. What? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> hmm You know, just that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's <laughs> FOMO. Or the fear of missing out, uh, don't want to be left out, what if you miss something or you get excluded the next time around, which was a big fear as an introvert. I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to go out, but they're going to not invite me anymore. That's even worse. Yeah. But on top of, yes, there, I have friends who absolutely will not say no because they're afraid they're going to miss out on something significant, and then they're going to miss out on the conversations later to come.
2: Is mm-hmm. that you? Do you,
1: are, do you have FOMO?
2: I do have FOMO. I think we've talked about this before. I have both FOMO, but also like I'm a, I'm a queen at avoidance. And <laughs> going out or doing something is the best way for me not in a, not in a good way, not in a healthy way, but the best way for me to continue my unhealthy habit of avoiding whatever it is. Right. So they kind of both come together in a real unnatural way. It's not good. <laughs> it's not healthy.
1: <helping. laughs> yes. I I know a lot of people who do that cuz being alone means you have to think about things. Yeah. No. Nope. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's based on your personality. You know what I'm talking about? Are you an INFJ? Well, maybe you have a hard time in setting limits. Or if you're an INFP, you are the example we need to look toward as someone who does who is good at setting boundaries and if they try to force you into something, you're like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) So there's this whole article, if you want to go look at it, it's at personalitygrowth.com, titled How Each Personality Type Handles Boundaries. And yeah, if you want to know, and if you know your Myers-Briggs personality type, this may tell you what kind of boundaries or lack of boundaries you have just so you know. Or perhaps not being able to differentiate between the emotion of saying no because you feel like you're rejecting someone or turning someone down or they're rejecting you and the rationality of knowing your limits. So, aka, you're the people pleaser. The same kind of perspective of being the perfectionist, but you are scared to tell them no because that means they feel rejected and you, of course, have to spare their feelings and you can't say no. And saying no means it hurts their feelings, which is not typically true. Although sometimes people do feel that way because I feel like that a lot because I am have a fear of rejection. That's a whole different conversation. Um, <laughs> of course, there could be more than just these reasons, and there are, but we just wanted to give kind of a few examples of why this could be a problem. Um, but let's talk about The deeper meaning.
2: Yes. Uh, According to one study, when it comes to setting boundaries, oftentimes those who are perceived as less powerful have a harder time in setting them. In a 2019 article in The Swaddle titled, How Society Makes It Difficult for Women Minorities to Set Emotional Boundaries, Sadaf Vinda talks about the difficulties of women in marginalized communities saying no. They write setting boundaries as to where the self ends and where other people begin navigating relationships with this balance in mind and saying no when necessary is a difficult task especially for women and people from marginalized communities. Uh, They continue on about the difference due to culture, gender, and societal expectations, and how these differences can lead to different levels of philosophy when it comes to individualism and collectivism, and how that can impact a person's boundaries. For example, when it comes to family, different cultures would dictate absolute loyalty to the detriment of an individual and would have a harder time in setting limits because of that.
1: Right. And related to that is a concept known as Quote, differentiation of self, which was originated by family therapist Murray Bowen. It is described as a, quote, a level of the differentiation of self refers to the degree to which a person can think and act for self while in contact with emotionally charged issues. It also refers to the degree which a person can discern between thoughts and feelings, kind of like how we were talking about the people pleaser. At higher levels of differentiation, people maintain separate solid selves under considerable stress and anxiety. They manage their own reactivity and choose thoughtful actions. At lower levels of differentiation, people depend on others to function and they develop significant symptoms under stress. They act often destructively based on anxious reactions to the environment. Their intellectual reasoning fuses with emotionality. Even highly intelligent people can be poorly differentiated. So what they are talking about is this level of Uh, having the emotions being disconnected to the reality. And we know that women kind of uh, have been targeted that way, being told you are the nurturer, the caregiver, so you should care and you should feel these ways. And we also know that men are told don't. That is not mainly feeling. Feelings is not good. So it kind of has this abuse of power and this differentiation can really impact how you set those boundaries. And for women, well, again, it's complicated. Dr. Tamika Lett explains in one article in the ZoeReport.com, quote, in my opinion, when women say, quote, I need help or I need a break, we are viewed as weak or not as competent as our male counterparts. Despite not taking care of ourselves, which can result in mental health issues such as anxiety or depression, women are also seen as liabilities. And again, we know the implications of being seen as vulnerable. This is a feminine quality. And this is kind of how it's attributed to weaknesses, um, especially when it comes to positions of authority. Again, this whole level of that, that nurture, uh, nature, the gendered ideas of emotions, and and why that is so harmful at youth. Again, this impacts how we set boundaries and whether or not we can set those boundaries.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think the socialization aspect is very, very important. And I know for me, like, because of uh, some of the trauma in my past, I don't even if I want to say no, I don't say it at first. Right. Because I, it's a safety. It feels like, oh my, sa- he's going to get mad, especially right. if it's a man involved. Right. He's going to get you're gonna mad. Gonna talk about yeah. And and so for me, like this kind of almost separation of emotions. It's like I feel the emotion and then I shut it down and just say it like
1: yeah 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 like bubbly bubbly yes. Right.
2: And then later I'm like oh god <laughs> no. <Right.
1: laughs> Um, And honestly, we're going to talk later on about how to set boundaries. But so many of these articles that are referring to women trying to set boundaries, teach them how to do it kindly because it is Mm -hmm. dangerous. But again, we'll come back to that.
2: Yeah.
0: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring.
1: Because golden hour is more than just time, it's whenever you want to savor amazing. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more. That's KimCrawfordWines.com to find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For
2: those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be
1: boring.
2: All right, uh, therapist Emily Hardy weighs in on the same article saying, boundary-setting phrases like those mentioned above can also sometimes be interpreted as anti-feminist. In a society where women have fought so hard to gain equality and opportunity, it could be seen as a step in the wrong direction when a woman acknowledges healthy boundaries and limitations. It's ironic, truly, when the most feminist thing you can do is know yourself well and stand up for your needs." Which feels like a damned if you do and damned if you don't situation. And also, yeah, like, like we talked about uh, in Glennon Doyle's book, that whole idea that women have been taught like selflessness is such a good right. thing. Like right. that's a value. right? Yeah, and yeah, setting your boundaries feels like being selfish somehow. Right,
1: <laughs> right. And, and being able to say no is such a power trip. So therefore, again, not female enough or feminine enough And so, therefore, all these things. But then again, she's saying that it could also look like it's anti-feminist not taking Mm -hmm. on everything to show that you can take on everything, which is ironic in itself.
2: (laughs) Yep. Uh, So now we're going to talk about masculinity and boundaries. Because this whole thing could be translated as a perception of power or supremacy and how it plays in setting boundaries. And yes, boundaries are harder to set for those who are more likely to be oppressed and marginalized. As Vidha says, and I apologize because I think I added a, a superfluous in in my pronunciation earlier, and I hope I'm not butchering it in either case. Um Anyway, they say, those who have more power in society, like men, build a lot of unwritten rules around themselves, and their time is often treated as a privilege. These powerful sections also ensure that the time and effort of others is seen as disposable, and thus this means these oppressed sections end up doing more of the work and having hardly any emotional and personal boundaries. Uh, And what happens when privilege is rejected or limited? They push back. As the BethanyWebster.com article writes, male fragility has played a role, and that women, quote, have been conditioned to view our needs for boundaries with distrust. Having boundaries, saying no, and setting one's own limits has long been associated with being difficult, uppity, or a bitch. Women who set boundaries have been characterized as being ugly. Feminazis are man hating and have been threatened with violence and death. Right.
1: And of course, there is an actual other side to this. Uh, Before we move on, though, we do want to talk about the fact that, yes, this becomes dangerous. And we've talked about this so often that when we put limits in saying, no, I'm not interested, and we get pushed back on, there is a dangerous precedent. What can we do to make sure that uh, we don't get to that place? And that is oftentimes uh, make up an excuse try to be kind, all of those things, uh, and try to get out of the situation. Because when we do set up boundaries, especially like in the dating world, uh, it becomes a challenge. Yeah. And on that other side, we're going to talk about the nice guys. Uh, As in fact, we stumbled upon some articles about how nice guys are asking how to set boundaries with, quote, flirty women. And when I say flirty, this is in a negative connotation. And y'all, we watched these advice videos so you didn't have to, uh, and you shouldn't. Uh, And it includes teaching men to put limits and boundaries with, quote, firmness and through grounding. Uh, And according to one video, this is the idea of taking from the bottom half of yourself. And I'm assuming he's talking literally because he talks about don't take it from the chest, take from the bottom. I was like, what? Maybe he's talking about his feet. I'm going to go with that. And really being planted or uh, feel yourself being planted and not, quote, overreact. Because if a nice guy overreacts, women will continue to, quote, poke at him, which was the phrase I was really like, what? To get a reaction and continually test those boundaries. Uh, Now, it may sound like we're being sarcastic. The language of this video and articles, especially when it comes to the pickup artists who use this, Keith reinforcing the idea that women are mere property to conquer. Some of the videos we see, I think we're on religious-based sites, so talking about being a man and fearlessly conquering your fears, all of these things. It was interesting. And they do talk about uh, why they may be rejected a little bit. And this article that popped up was specifically to the idea of how to deal with women who are degrading towards men when flirting. I will say, uh, again, this article did try to differentiate with the person who was asking the question on whether he was upset about being rejected or the woman was actually being degrading. So at least he questions this. But let's be honest, when it comes to these conversations, they continue to place a woman at a level of being a prize instead of being a human. So it doesn't really have the connotation that this is a conversation with another person, but about how to kind of. Control them in this narrative or control the narrative in itself. But there is a whole other point to these types of articles uh, misogyny in itself. It teaches men that setting boundaries, respecting boundaries, are a part of a power play. Respecting boundaries is not manly, and that women want manly men, of course, and that only men can set these boundaries because, once again, it's based on privilege and power when we see it in this context. We know. Not all men. Okay? We know. But <laughs> the fact teachings like this are still prevalent, we can't underestimate the level of the need for perceived masculinity. And to do so can be detrimental for all of the marginalized community. And this is why we continue to talk about it and why we, yeah, are somewhat dismissive of the not all men because it just takes one man. It just takes that one time for us to underestimate what these uh, conversations can push to. Yeah,
2: yeah. And continuing the conversation of power and privilege and boundaries, there are many examples of why women continue to be unable to set limits and boundaries. One of the biggest examples is the backlash of saying no. As we talked about earlier, just by rejecting someone, a woman may be putting themselves in danger. And many have learned throughout their lives, our self-worth is based on the way we can sacrifice Ourselves, meaning in order to show our value, we have to give up ourselves, our happiness, for the betterment of others. Another great quote, we learned to unconsciously and automatically oppress ourselves and other women as a means of survival. We had to self-fragment, disabling our own connection with ourselves to some degree and prioritizing external approval in a world that favors rich white men over everybody else.
1: Right. And digging a little deeper, when it comes to the BIPOC community, the dangers and past trauma is even greater. Black women have been on the outskirts throughout the centuries when it comes to having their boundaries respected, but have been the ones to fight the hardest to establish it for the sake of the entire community. Uh, when the term intersectionality was coined by Kimberly Crenshaw, many pushed back because it meant that those in the hierarchy, aka white women, had to admit that their cause was not about equality, but more about power for themselves. Uh, not too long ago, Black women drew a line in the sand after being continually sidelined or made a token by those who wanted to be considered quote allies.
2: In a 2019 article written in an injusticemag.org, one writer says, quote that overfamiliarity was acceptable for white women to display toward black women and we were meant to simply accept the faux familial connection while simultaneously remembering our place. And they continue in the article Given the history of slavery and white women's active, yes active, role in subjugating, abusing, and dehumanizing Black women during that time and after, we do not feel comfortable, and once we state we don't feel comfortable, and they proceed to make it about their emotional distress, it's clear why we feel that way. Even friendships nourished over years have boundaries. Adhering to boundaries shows value and respect for the individual and the relationship. How are we united when our attempts to establish boundaries are disregarded? How can there be respect?"
1: Right, and I'm just gonna put this out there. True allyship is not us, non-black and indigenous women and non-binary folks, stating that we are allies. As this is not a title we can give ourselves, just a reminder, just because you call yourself that, does that mean that that's what you are? I know you want to be, but if you truly are an ally, you wouldn't have to say that for yourself. And honestly, that term has began to fade as many people cannot understand the true responsibilities of allyship. But about all of this is accepting the boundaries that have been set for us. So... When we talked about earlier, yes, we want to learn how to set boundaries for ourselves. A part of this learning is to respect boundaries as well. Uh, From that same article, they say, If they are fighting for women, that must include all of us, which means combating all aspects of marginalization that women outside of whiteness are subjected to. Because just like your whiteness can often shield you from the aspects of sexism, a black woman, a black trans woman, will often see the worst because they lack the protection of whiteness and they have to contend with anti-blackness, misogynoir, and or transphobia. And to add our own trauma to other trauma proceeds to cross the boundary lines as allies and honestly as decent humans. This is something that is important that we talk about, especially in a time where everybody is trying to come together for a greater purpose. But the fact of the matter is, this intersectional level, until everyone has equality, then no one has it. And the people who have been fighting the longest and the hardest are the ones that we should be listening to, and oftentimes are the ones that are ignored. And just because we have good intentions, those good intentions are not always good. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm and for the bipoc community it has only been more clear in the last few years the importance in setting boundaries the pandemic and quarantine has made it clear that so often boundaries are pushed past the limits to the detriment of marginalized communities according to another 2021 article ifa kahinde a licensed therapist talks about the impact of working from home during the pandemic With many working from home over the last year, it has become harder to escape toxic workplace culture, which has been particularly hard on Black women. According to a 2018 Women in the Workplace study, 40% of Black women said they had their judgment questioned in their area of expertise while earning only 67 cents on the dollar compared to what men earned. These factors and other instances of workplace discrimination can cause a major impact on mental health and create a demand to separate work from other areas of one's life. Unfortunately, quarantine made that much harder. And they continue writing... Coupled with everything that's been going on and more awareness around police brutality and racial and systemic injustice, I think it's become really important for people to navigate what their limits are and how they can help
1: really maintain their identity and engage the world around them. Right, and another therapist, Rita Walker, was quoted in the same article saying, "...these communities disproportionately carry high levels of burden with less access to education, housing, economic and political opportunities, while shouldering more violence and disparities in health and well-being." These communities are resilient, but even resilience has its limits. We often get overwhelmed before we know it. When that happens, we feel as if we cannot take any more mentally because we need our minds to accomplish everything in life It's a good idea to protect it before feeling overwhelmed. And even if we think we can handle anything, everyone has a limit. Yeah, and there is a barrier when it comes to Black and Indigenous women being able to set boundaries. Many are criticized for taking a break. A couple of examples include Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles, who are both criticized for stepping back due to their mental health. Many accuse them of betraying their country for not willingly sacrificing their own health for a medal and many black women are characterized as being angry or too sensitive when asking simple requests like using belittling language or appropriating terms like cis which we're going to kind of talk about in a minute but Dr. Lett from the Zoe report that we mentioned earlier actually talked of the very situation concerning Osaka and Biles she says they have both put a spotlight on the idea that health is holistic and includes mind body and spirit they've also exposed that black women have to work harder at demonstrating their worth and ability Which makes them more susceptible to mental health concerns that are not often addressed due to stigmas surrounding women and the Black and Brown communities. And yeah, I think we need to kind of have that big conversation about why we want to demonize someone for our self worth. Again, that's a whole different thing. And as we were talking about the term cis, last year, there was a a Black TikTok creator who requested white women to not call her cis. And she was met with a lot of angry white women who immediately violated that request and went after her for... for that small, simple request. And though we aren't going to talk about the incident too deeply, it's interesting to look at how quickly allies turn when told they do not have the privilege of saying something. And again, this has a lot to do with the uh, African-American vernacular that we have talked about previously that has been addressed previously by other hosts and why it's important that we understand appreciation versus appropriation. When we, we had a book club with our guests talking about language and, and the bases and the history of language, and a lot of it was stolen from Black culture, which Black culture has been villainized for uh, and being told that they're angry or inappropriate or unprofessional, but yet we're taking their language. And this is one of those moments of like, you have not earned the right to call me sis. Inappropriately so. And yet, white women coming out of the woodwork going, but, 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 why can't I?
2: hmm Yeah. I mean, I think that whole respecting of boundaries, like if you want to set your own boundaries need to respect other people's boundaries right? as well. And I think that's so important to remember right. and even see that with um, pronouns and uh, exactly. choice pronouns right now. Um, right. And it feels very, it does feel like very weaponized and privileged of like, well, you can't tell me no. I can right. tell you
1: no. Right. But like I you said, deny it's a power. I your happiness, right. but you can't deny me of mine. Of making Mm -hmm. you miserable. Which, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, this has kind of moved on. That TikToker, I believe, she erased her content because she was getting so much flack. And even being told that she was too angry. It was so absurd.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... But uh, yes, as we have said before, anger is not a bad thing. And therapist Kahinde agrees. Uh, They write, I think that when people experience a Black woman being angry, it is not random. Oftentimes, anger is a healthy response to someone violating your boundary or being dismissive. Because we're all entitled to be heard. And I do think it really impacts Black women and how they engage, especially in work. I think in social environments where Black women and Black female identifying individuals engage with others like them, there's less of this fear of being angry because they're being heard and understood.
1: Right. And yeah, that's just such a big, open conversation of what we've been uh, seeing recently of like, okay, how do we do better? Let's do better. That's I feel like since, Annie, you and I have come on to the show, that's kind of been that perspective. Like, we want to do better. Let us know when we're doing something that is inappropriate and or going against our own mission but of course there comes the outrage because you are being taken away from something and these boundaries that we've had to set for ourselves even when it comes to the show like yes if we responded to you maybe because yeah thank you so much for clarifying and letting us know versus you feeling offended because we're calling you in that's a whole different conversation and setting that boundary of like we're not going to engage in toxicity for the sake of your entertainment, and that's kind of where we are seeing these—the the boundary is—we all want our boundaries to be met and/or uh, respected. That means we also have to respect others, even if it makes you uncomfortable or makes you feel like, "Oh, you did something wrong." Because there are moments it is again a call in, and you need to consider about why that feels like a call in.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs>
1: Because golden hour is more than just time, it's whenever you want to savor amazing. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more. That's KimCrawfordWines.com to find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For
2: those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be
1: boring, like banking.
2: Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank a National Association, member FDIC.
1: So we've gone through some of the reasons why boundaries are important and how setting boundaries or respecting boundaries, again, can be difficult. So let's talk about how to set boundaries. And we're not gonna go completely into it. We're just gonna give you a few things that we have read from different articles and may be helpful.
2: Uh one big thing is figuring out what is important to you. Uh is it something that is of value to you? Uh and just kind of I feel like I've talked a lot about mindfulness since the pandemic, but it's kind of that of like sitting yeah. there and thinking, okay, what why am I saying yes when maybe I don't want to say yes. What is important? Where do I really want to lay down this boundary? Right. And why is that?
1: Yeah. Is it not a big deal? Okay, cool. Is it going to mm-hmm. set a precedent? Okay. Mm-hmm. Also, you could start so- learning some new phrases to say no or no thanks or maybe not today type of way. Uh, and here are some examples from the Zoe report and psychology today. Annie, we're going to practice. You ready? Okay. So I'm going to oh, start. I'm so ready. All I'm right. going to say it. I'll get back to you. That won't work for me. Uh, I'm not going to take that on right now.
2: Thank you for asking, but no.
1: Well, I will need help with this.
2: I need a break.
1: Yeah, I've changed my mind. I'm not comfortable with that. That sounds like a great opportunity, and I want to help, but is it okay if I uh, think about it for a while?
2: I'd love to, but I know I'm overcommitted and won't be able to give this the time it deserves.
1: (laughs) So obviously, we're very specific. But yeah, Yeah. there are ways. Again, this is kind of, again, that whole like being polite. And there's nothing wrong with being polite. Mm -hmm. But again, I am interested to know who is being polite and who is just Mm -hmm. being blunt.
2: Right. And I'm also curious, this is kind of reminding me of um, the conversation we had around... Strategic incompetence Mm -hmm. Um, when people are like not being honest and genuine when they say things like this, (laughs) or because it can. It's again that flip side of the coin. It's very complicated, but it's also like my mom. I have talked about this before, but it's kind of interesting because there are some things that, because of when, when, and how she was raised, she's learning after me, and this Mm -hmm. is kind of one. And she struggles really hard with saying no and. I've learned from her, but I think I've like kind of surpassed her and I was telling her sometimes if I know a conversation and I is going to involve that and I'm worried that I'm going to give in and I really don't want to, I'll like write out a freaking script. I will <laughs> write something out. I will have bullet points on my hand. <laughs> like it's kind of it sounds silly like reading these things. It's like you can't just do that. Right? But
1: sometimes you need it. <laughs> right. I have definitely practiced beforehand of what mm-hmm. I'm going to say in the car as I'm driving. Having a full yes. long conversation with myself.
2: Oh, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, all right, so back to some other, some other tips that we found. Uh, taking a look at the big picture, uh, is it something you need to do right now? Uh, right. Can you kind of push it down the line, deal
1: with it? <laughs> Does it help you? Does it help anyone? Or is it mm-hmm. just something that people are using you for? Uh, mm-hmm. B honest. Uh, Let people know when you need a break. Don't ignore when you feel overwhelmed. And I think that's one of the things is we're not honest with with ourselves when we come to that breaking point until it's too late. And again, that's the same thing of being mindful. Just really listen to that. Oh, yeah, I'm hitting that wall. I'm going to need before I lose it and lose friends. I'm going to need to take a step back.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a great way to look at it is you don't want to have a meltdown and then hurt somebody. (laughs) And I think one of the things we haven't really touched on in this episode, but is sort of on the outskirts, I think a lot of it has to do with Um, Mm self-esteem, at least when it comes to women. So for me, I don't have the, a lot of times I don't have the self-esteem. Like, I'm not worth saying, no, they want to do it, and they, I want to make them happy because they're better than me. So kind of like telling yourself, no, if you want to stay in read that fan fiction then do it. <laughs> then do it, I say. Also, find where you need to set boundaries. Is it in your work life, your love life, many aspects of your life? Could be.
1: Um. Yeah. And uh, if you can, get connected, whether it's through therapy or a support group. And there's a lot of bad friends out there, but there's a lot of great friends out there, too. And hopefully you are able to connect with those people who will also tell you, hey, you're you sure you want to do all these things? This is kind of running yourself you know, too thin. You might not want to do this. Those are the friends you need. And sometimes it's nice to have someone as a, a sounding board of like, is this too much or is this not enough type of conversation?
2: Yes, yes. And again, uh, remember, we need to learn to respect people's boundaries. Listen when they are letting you in. If you want to be an advocate, make sure you are listening and not putting words into other people's mouths and adding more work for others. Uh, Google is an amazing tool for learning and there are so many great resources out there for that. Sometimes it does feel... Really funny, again, kind of looking up these sort of basic human traits. Right.
1: But it, it makes sense. Like, you know, right. <laughs> people are complicated. <laughs> right. And honestly, when it comes to when we talk about uh, social justice work and we talk about wanting to be good people and good advocates, mm-hmm. uh, there is work out there. We have read several books. And if you want to go through our book club list, there are amazing books out there. resources that already exist yep. where you don't have to tax other people.
2: Mm -hmm. to do the
1: same work when you can do it yourself.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all of this,
2: all of this can be healthy if you're doing it in a productive manner. And by the way, there are toxic boundary settings that happen as well. Uh, Again, refer back to boundaries and BIPOC community and toxic masculinity and yes, strategic incompetence, perhaps. And boundaries can help you avoid burnout and have a better sense of identity and, yeah, even
1: build better self-esteem. Right. Um, and boundaries are different for different people. From betterhumans.pub article uh, titled, How to Set Healthy Boundaries, a Compassionate Guide for Women, writer Julia Horvath writes, quote, Boundaries exist on a scale for each person. And we all have to find our own middle ground. And I think that's a good conversation to have. Not everyone has the same level or limits, and it looks differently for them. And continue to ask questions for yourselves. Learn about your own limits and how to best set them. But also understand that, yeah, community is a good thing. There is a healthy boundary. There's a healthy middle ground that we need to find when seeking help. Again, don't use your friends necessarily to to the point that you're pushing them away. Yeah. You know, when I would mention that I was a social worker, I got a lot of interesting reactions. (laughs) And I would have to set boundaries to be like, "Ah, maybe you should talk to your therapist about that. And not that I didn't have many friends who did that, but I had strangers, roommates that I I wasn't close to that would do things like, does this sound normal? Does this sound like, okay, don't get me wrong. I love analyzing, but being (laughs) constantly on is taxing. Um, And yeah, that's that same level. is understanding middle grounds for yourself. I know sometimes it's really hard because you want to be a helpful person and you feel like Mm -hmm. you owe that to someone. But, you know, there's a certain point that you need to have a moment for yourself. Yeah.
2: Yeah. This is, uh, like many of our conversations, very nuanced because it's also like, who are you actually trying to help? Are right. you being like me? Are you trying to avoid something and you're pouring that into helping someone who doesn't want your help? You know. <laughs> uh, just questions. Good questions. questions. <laughs> yes. And I know in a lot of past episodes, we didn't talk about it too much in this, but a lot of you have written in about setting boundaries with family.
1: Uh, So I know that is a
2: big, a big piece of this too. Um, And yeah, uh, taking that time to learn your boundaries and how to set them in a healthy way is so important. And if you have any tips you'd like to share, again, not everything works the same for everybody. It can be different. But if you have anything you'd like to share, any resources you'd like to share, you know we love those. You can email us at Stephanie at MomStuff at iHeartMedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram at Stuff Never Told You. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.